Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. This month on the podcast and over on the Forward blog, we are talking about loneliness and how so many women leaders struggle with it at every leadership level, especially those at the top. In this episode, I have two special guests with me and an important announcement from Forward as we share that our trailblazer, Diane Pattison, is transitioning to the founder role of our organization, and a new executive director has been hired to step in to lead the ministry in this new season. So it is my honor to welcome Diane Pattison and to announce the hiring of our new executive director, Melissa Tamplin Harrison. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Jordan. So good to be on. Of course. Now, the story of how these two women met and their paths crossing is such a God thing, and I can't wait for you to hear all about it. So first, let me introduce them both. Diane Pattison, as many of you know, is the founder of Forward, and she is also a Harvard MBA, a former global executive of two Fortune 500 companies and one Fortune 1000 company. Melissa Harrison is a broadcast journalist with over 25 years of media experience as an anchor and reporter in television and radio news. She founded the Pure Women's Ministry in New York City in 2004, where she served women leaders for 14 years. She then moved to Dallas for her husband's job and continued working in television and radio news, but felt called back into ministry when she was asked to serve Christian women leaders at a marketplace ministry called the CEO Forum, which focuses on serving Christian followers who lead businesses of $100 million or more. Melissa is currently also the executive in residence in digital media at SMU in Dallas, and we are excited to have her join us here at Forward as our new executive director. And like I said, Melissa and Diane met in an unconventional way, we'll say, uh, which I will allow them to tell you about, but let's just say it was definitely a divine appointment. So Diane and Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jordan. Yes, thank you. Of course. Well, to kick off our conversation today, let's tell our listeners about how the two of you met. Well, it was pretty unconventional to say the least, Um, although I have heard from Diane that she has had some divine appointments, a few others on an airplane, Um, but it was on a plane. We were flying. I was flying back from Portland, Oregon, back to New York City, where I lived at the time, and there was this woman sitting next to me on the flight, and she was on the phone before we took off talking with someone about a book, about Christian women leaders, about uh, leaders in the marketplace, and when she hung up the phone, um, I told her, I said, look, I'm not trying to eavesdrop on your conversation, (laughs) but you just said some things that really piqued my interest and I want to know more. Uh, So we chatted the whole flight and talked about just both of our love and passion for serving women leaders. At the time, I was leading a group in New York City called Pure and serving women leaders. And Diane was sharing with me about how she had this book that was coming out soon and she was starting a ministry called Forward. And we were just kindred spirits is the way I describe it. It was so fun to just talk with her and um, and just to be able to share with each other about this passion that we had for serving women leaders. Well, and that's amazing. And I mean, we've said it a few times now, it truly does feel like a God thing. <laughs> and Diane, you had written Work, Love, Pray, and we're starting forward because of the need that you felt as a C-suite executive when you were the only woman in the room. So tell me about that experience and how it led you to start forward. Yeah. Well, there are really three key reasons why I felt really called to start forward. And the one 
um, that I'll start with is what you referred to, which is um, I was in the global executive team of those three companies you mentioned, and I was the only woman in all cases. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was number one. I just knew that there had to be other women experiencing the same thing. And so to um, help me through that, uh, I started a group of five women who were like-minded from a faith, family, and family perspective. They had all been married or were married and had children, had professional jobs, and all were grounded in their faith. And they were my lifeline. I mean, when um, CBRE was going to buy Trammell Crow Company, I couldn't even tell my children because if they shared it with anyone, I could go to jail. But I could share it with with them and Mm -hmm. trust them. And and we shared great times and we shared tough things we were Mm -hmm. dealing with. And so through that, I thought, you know, I don't think I'm the only woman that needs this lifeline with like women. Um, And the third reason was really the data supported it. And I won't go into that. But the first two were really the keys that tied to loneliness and how critical community was for me. Hmm. And Melissa, at that time, you were leading Pure in New York City. So why did you feel called to create something for women leaders there? Yeah, when I moved to New York City, you know, I really had the privilege of plugging into a ministry there called Priority Associates, which was part of Campus Crusade for Christ at the time. Mm -hmm. It was their workplace ministry, and it was thriving. Um, The leader was male, and he had a really great relationship with the male attendees of those events, but there was really a need for female community. And I was meeting all of these incredible women who were at the top of their game, whether it was a partner at Goldman Sachs or principal ballerina at the New York City Ballet, uh, Fox News anchor, women at all different levels. Um, and what I found is that they you know, were really at the top of their game professionally, but were very hungry for authentic community. And, you know, in New York, you have to have your game face on all the time. I mean, even just stepping out onto the street or getting, catching a cab, getting a spot and the seat on the subway, like you're always on, you're always having to kind of compete to survive in that environment. And I saw how it was creating this dynamic among women, that there was just this inability to really have vulnerability, um, and show vulnerability. And, um, as we were connecting, as I connected with women there through the process of us starting to really open up to one another and share our stories, our group really grew. We, um, planned a retreat and we thought we may have like 30 or 40 women come and over 300 registered in just a couple of weeks. And it really showed me that there was a need, Um, and that's when I think I first really fell in love with, you know, ministering to these women leaders, these type A's who have it all together. Um, and even within their own families, you know, as Diane mentioned, you know, even in places where the people love them dearly, Mm -hmm. um, it's just very hard for women of that caliber, um, who run at that pace to find community of people who just get life and what they're going through and the challenges. And so that's what we really hoped to do through that ministry. Mm. And fast forward through the years and Diane forward took off in ways that you probably could have never anticipated. And, you know, we grew from a few community groups to now we have over 35 groups, you know, in the country, also around the world with our virtual group. 
you know, we have a mentorship program that reaches over 800 mentees. We have an emerging leaders program. We have an annual gala that's getting ready to happen that draws 400 to 500 people, you know, and as an organization, like I said, we've become global in our reach and have touched the lives of 4 million women. So what has it been like for you to see forward grow into what it is today? Well, I'll tell you, Jordan, if anyone would have asked me when we launched in 2011, I would have said, okay, we've got this book and this website, and we'll be in Portland, Oregon, and Dallas, Texas, because that's where we have homes in those two cities. But, you know, it is totally God, and God gets the glory for this. I mean, there was such a need out there, and he's really blessed the work of forward. And as you know, with God's work, you need a large team of people that use their hands and feet on the ground to make things Mm -hmm. happen. And we have an amazing group of of board members, advisory board members, staff, um, mentors, community group leaders, et cetera, that um, have been a big part of this. And the thing that's so fulfilling for me is to really hear how it has impacted these women's lives. And I'll just share, you know, a couple uh, comments. And and this is from our executive women's forum that is every summer, as that uh, one said, this community builds courage, confidence, and deep relationships with fellow leaders through the power of this community. And another one said, um, Christian women leaders that share a common common purpose together, the outcome is unbelievable. So Mm -hmm. it's just amazing to see how God has used it. And uh, even yesterday, uh, we were all on a call that Eunice from Kenya was on. And afterward, Eunice and I stayed on and talked over Zoom. And Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not like being face-to-face, but it is amazing how God has provided this technology that we can build community with women across the globe. Mm. Now, Melissa, you returned to Dallas for your husband's job a few years ago, and you returned to media, but you then felt called back into women's ministry to senior executive leaders. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, when I returned to Dallas, which is where I grew up, I really felt like, you know, there's a church on every corner. There's so many ministries. I didn't know that there would be, um, you know, a need for me to continue serving in that way. And I really kind of grieved thinking it was just a season of life that that God mm-hmm. had called me into that ministry to women leaders. Um, and But there was a gentleman who I met through my work um, that I did in New York. He was working with a ministry here that's based locally that works with senior level executives. So these are leaders of a hundred million dollar or more, you know, responsibility within their companies and um, that they needed somebody to come help really nurture and minister to their senior female executives. And so he had asked if I was interested and, um, you know, in that position, in that role, I really had the experience of seeing how lonely it is at the top for these women leaders, because again, similar to the ones that were part of our group in New York, because in New York, we did have several senior executive leaders. But what I saw was that they really felt like they were the only, um, as Diane describes. And it was interesting um, at this ministry, the CEO forum, one of the first meetings I had where they all came together, 
um, was that they were like, one woman said, I thought I was a unicorn, but here I found my other unicorns. Mm -hmm. And they would, you know, just felt like, because for so long they were either the only female, the only Christian, very quite often the only Christian female um, in the room. And that by community coming together and doing life together, they were really able to experience what that is, what that's like, um, and just how powerful that is to cure loneliness, to Mm -hmm. find people like Diane created, even in that small group of five that she created years ago that, um, so often, you know, it's by, you have to create it, you may not find it. And I think that for these women that we served, God gave me that opportunity in that season of serving in that ministry to really allow me to see two things. One, that there is such a need for women at that level to have a safe mm-hmm. kind of cohort style community, truly, um, because even you know in their workplace, they're so pulled on by others. Um, they need a place where they can really be with peers. But it also, for me personally, was a season where the Lord showed me that this was a life's call to mm-hmm. minister to women leaders, that it was a part of his plan and purpose for me and that, um, I didn't feel like it was to be there long-term, but really, you know, have been in a posture of, okay, Lord, what is it? Where is it that I could really serve and use these gifts? Um, which is why forward is such an exciting time for me now. (laughs) Well, and what I love about both of your stories is how you saw a need and you helped to meet it. And why this conversation is so timely for us now is because this month on the podcast and on the blog, we're sharing about loneliness and how so many women struggle with it. And it seems like that was definitely a major reason why both of you felt and responded to this call um, because you had experienced it too. So Diane, how did you experience loneliness in your roles before you started Forward? Yeah, that's a great question, Jordan. You know, when you're in meetings that are only filled with men and yourself, you know that they don't understand when your daughter is calling to say, I need you to come help me with this. I've had this problem today. Or, um, you know, your son is... uh, facing some decisions that he needs to make that um, may not be, he may not be making the right ones. Um, Because, you know, the reality is, especially amongst my generation, um, at that that time that um, the, the woman is typically the one that is carrying the responsibilities of caregiving. Mm -hmm. And so not only do you have a crazy life, because you're, you're, uh, a professional, but then you're also trying to care for your children, which is your priority. Um, and, you know, a lot of the other people in the room didn't have those responsibilities. So it was hard for them to understand uh, the demands. And I think even today, uh, we see from the data that women feel like everything's the same. But when they have children, things change. And that's where we see women come to forward uh, at around their early 30s. 70% of our audience is between 35 and 55. Mm -hmm. And um, it's because they just really haven't experienced this until they start having families or they have reached a level within an organization um, where it starts being tougher because of the multiple responsibilities that a woman carries. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Melissa, I assume that you experienced loneliness in your role as well in on air in television news. You were an anchor, a reporter. You know, how did you deal with that and how did that play out for you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Jordan, because, you know, as a news person, a personality or somebody working in that in that field, you're really taught how to keep your emotions separate from your work because it's professional. Mm-hmm. I'm very mm-hmm. much an old school journalist. You shouldn't know what I'm thinking, what my bias is whenever I'm reporting. Um, and But with that comes a real disconnect between yeah. you as a person and you as a professional. And I learned early in my career how to put up that wall that even if I was having a really tough day, um, you know, I had to go on the air and smile and greet people and be able to do that in a way um, that was engaging. And I had to put aside whatever emotions or struggle personally I was facing. When I was in my mid-20s, I went through a real personal tragedy when my mom died. And it was very, I just after that learned even more um, how to put up a wall between myself and my work. And I think it really is kind of that, I describe it as that game face that we saw New York women put on. Like you put on that game face and you just go to work and you power through and you deal with the emotion or crisis or whatever you may be feeling or facing you deal with that separately. And I think for me, um, that can be very lonely, especially as a Christian in the field too, because it was rare to find other believers in the field of journalism and to just wrestle with the things we were coming in contact with every day. Mm -hmm. Because you see a lot of really horrible Mm -hmm. circumstances. You're sitting with people and their grief and it was just more and more difficult, I think, for me to be able to separate those things. Um, and so, yeah, it was very lonely. And anytime mm. I could find somebody who understood, it was such a such a relief to know that I wasn't the only one. Mm. And now here we are full circle and the two of your paths have crossed truly for such a time as this. And hearing your stories, this was obviously such a God thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Diane, I mean, this is a big moment for you as you are stepping into the founder role. So how are you feeling? And why do you feel like Melissa is the one equipped to lead forward in this new season? Yeah, great question, Jordan. I tell you, I am so excited. You know, the Holy Spirit always gives me these nudges um, daily and at big times in my life. And I really felt it a couple years ago. You know, it's really time for you to move to where your strengths are the strongest for the organization, bring another leader in to lead the organization so that you can spend your time where you're best. Mm -hmm. And you also are moving into a season where I now have four grandchildren Mm -hmm. and uh, two two of them are less than three months old. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, you know, really want to have time to cherish my grandchildren's lives as they grow up. And so it was just, it was just the right time. It was time for me um, from um, just professional and a family perspective. Um, And so it was just amazing when Melissa and I met for lunch in September and she was, you know, bringing me up to speed on her, her life over the last Five years because we hadn't kept in close touch over the last five years. And when she was telling me about her burning desire to be in ministry and serving women in the workplace, I looked at her and I said, well, do you know I'm looking for 
my successor <laughs> to lead forward. And she looked at me like, no. And I go, well, you need to pray about this because we have a search firm, you know, uh, that is looking right now. Mm -hmm. And um, so I knew from that lunch, I came home and told Chris, my husband, and he said, now you need 10 Melissa's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to, to go through this search process. I said, I know, I know. But, and then, you know, I felt like all along the Lord was saying, you know, this is, this is my, my plan. And Mm -hmm. I feel Melissa is the perfect person because you heard she already had a passion around the women of forward. Um, She's a servant leader. She loves to serve others. She was successful at fundraising, which being executive director of an organization, about 90% of your job is making sure that the organization has money so that they can grow the mission. Um, And the fourth is her media experience, which I never Mm -hmm. had. And having her with that background is so helpful, especially where we are now, because we are ready to reach millions of women around the globe because we have a platform that's ready. Mm -hmm. Melissa, how are you feeling about stepping into this role And what do you see as the future of the ministry in this new season? Yeah, you know, well, I mean, so much of what Diane shared, I felt that too, just even through the process. It was interesting when I... When I stepped away from my position at the CEO Forum, I didn't know what the Lord had for me when it came to ministry, but I knew that I felt it was going to be ministering to women of all leadership levels, not just the senior executives, although he did give me such insight of the need there. So I think here at Forward, you know, discovering even new ways that we could minister to women at that top tier level. But my heart is very much, and on the strengths finder, you know, one of my strengths is includer. And I love being able to include women from all different backgrounds and leadership levels. So for me, though, as far as during the time of talking with Diane, you know, when I, um, when I did step away from that role, I just prayed to the Lord, like, what is it and where is it that you'd have me to serve? And, and there were people who, both from the ministry in New York and women that I had met through my work um, in the most recent ministry that I had done, people who came to me and said, would you start something? Because we would love, we would love to follow if you're willing to start something. And for me, I didn't feel that I was to do that, at least not yet. I said to my husband, I said, you know, let's just pause and really pray that the Lord will make it clear where I'm supposed to serve and when. And I don't want to step one step outside of his will because, you know, ministry is really hard and you want to be in his perfect timing and perfect will um, because otherwise it's it's just not going to work and it's going to be striving and not depending on him. And so when I stepped away from that and then just, you know, less than two months later, this opportunity presented itself. And I just felt the Lord giving me the green light. My husband and I prayed about it for two weeks before applying. And when I went on to apply, it was closed <laughs> because they had, had received hundreds no. of applications. And I remember my heart kind of sinking like, oh man, what if I missed it? And I texted Diane and gave her a, sent her a screenshot of what I saw in the LinkedIn that it was closed. I said, oh no, did I miss it? Dalen and I had been praying and really <laughs> felt like this was the right thing. And she said, well, just send it to the search firm. And you know, I love the professionalism of Diane. I mean, she does everything mm-hmm. so well with such excellence and thoroughness. 
And, you know, that was important for me too. I wanted to make sure that it was the right fit for everyone. Um, and so the search process was part of that. And, um, as I met women in the ministry, as I met women leaders at the board level, and as I spent more and more time with Diane, it just seemed so perfect in God's perfect timing to me in a way that only he could orchestrate. And, you know, the morning that I woke up expecting to find out whether or not I'd received the offer, I just prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, you know what I love about this is that if this happens, it is so you, mm-hmm. um, because there's no way that I could take credit for this all lining up the way it did. Mm-hmm. And then just think about, you know, he knows the plans he has for us to prosper, not to ho- harm us and to give us hope in a future. And just all of that, he knows our steps and directs them. And so, for me, coming into this role, number one is a sincere honor to step in to this role from Diane um, following her. I described it on a board call yesterday as like a running a race. And that's how I've seen it with when I'm praying about it is really running a race. And there's a baton that's being handed, but it is just continuing to run um, with the women in this organization, with Diane, um, to just see what the Lord has for us in the coming weeks and months and years. And um, I can't wait. I think this is just, (laughs) Diane has laid such an incredible groundwork in this amazing group of women who've come alongside her um, through this work over the past 14 years. Mm -hmm. And I am just, again, honored to be able to lead and so eager to see all that God's going to reveal to us because he's obviously been in this for the past 14 years um, (laughs) since we met. And I can't wait to see what's going to come in the next 14 more. Melissa and Diane, it is amazing to see God's hand at work here and at Forward as we embark on this new season and find out what he has in store for us. So for more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave us a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.